Welcome to the High Prices Church Podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. Now, here's lead pastor, Chris Sestar. I really wanted to come preach today. I'm excited. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I want to read verses 14 through 17. I want to talk about what it means to be in Christ. I really believe this word is going to help some people today. I'm so convinced of it that people are going to leave here today with a greater understanding. I also hope that if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, okay, for whatever reason you came to church today, I hope that before this message is over, by the time, and you don't have to wait till it's over, you, you can pray right there where you're sitting while I'm preaching. I hope that you'll give your life to Jesus and let Him place you in Christ. Here's what Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Beginning at verse 14, for the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died, and he died for all. He's talking about Jesus. Why? That those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Are y'all living for Jesus? You living for yourself or are you living for Jesus? And therefore, from now on, we, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. Because, y'all, that's a Christmas story. God came in flesh. Paul said, yet now we know him thus no longer. I love this verse. Maybe you've heard it. So in spite of all this, or because of all that was just stated, therefore, if anyone is, say these two words with me, in Christ. He or she is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Can you say amen to the power of God's word? Amen. You can be seated this morning. So I want to begin today by taking that little word in, I in, and I want to talk about it. If I am an entrepreneur and we have business owners in this church. If I am an entrepreneur, then it is very possible if you are talking to me that I will describe myself in this way. I will tell you that I am in business for myself. If I am a salesperson, and we have salesmen and saleswomen in this church, then if I say, what do you do? You will probably tell me I'm in sales. If you are a marketer, you might tell me I'm in advertising. You see how we use that word? If you are a sailor, a marine, an airman, airwoman, if you're a soldier, you may tell me, I'm in the military. We use that word, I in, often to describe who we are and what we're involved in. Paul takes that same kind of thinking in our text and says that if I have been truly saved from my sins and born again, I am in Christ. And that phrase, in Christ, is the most common description in the scriptures of a follower of Jesus. And here's what I know. If you are in something, that means you are completely committed to whatever it is that you're in. You're faithful. You are, you've cast in your lot. You've made a total commitment. You're willing to go all the way. You're going to pay whatever the cost. How do I know this? Because entrepreneurs are committed to their companies. 
They don't worry about somebody else's company. They don't promote somebody else's company. They're trying to get their company to be the number one company. Salesmen and women don't promote somebody else's product. They're all about their product. As a matter of fact, that rival product will move them out of their sales numbers that they want to reach their goal. So they will tell you why you should buy their product instead of their rival product. I do not advocate going to bars. Let me give my caveat. But I love action movies, okay? I'm an action guy. I'm a gun guy. I like, I like war movies. I like war-themed movies. I, whether they're black and white or color, I don't care. And I can't tell you how many war-themed movies I've watched where the soldiers and the Marines are in a bar and one of them makes a crack about the other one's branch of service and how they're doing more than the other. And the next thing you know, there's a full-blown fight in the bar because one of them is cracking on the other. and Why? Because they're trying to defend their particular branch of the service. When you are in Christ, you have the same kind of passion, the same kind of commitment. You're totally sold out to the Lord Jesus Christ. You're committed. You'll fight for him. You'll stand up for him. As a matter of fact, I'll give you just break it down a little bit, a little teaching here. You're not only committed to Christ, you're committed, number one, to the person of Christ. You love Jesus. You're faithful to Jesus. You're loyal to Jesus. You won't betray Jesus. I think there's a screen for this. Number two, you are, you are committed to the body of Christ. You love the church. You're faithful to the church. You're loyal to the church. You don't betray your church. Third, you're, you're committed to the work of Christ. You love to serve. You love to volunteer. You love to help people. doesn't matter if it's going to cost you time or energy. You'll stop what you're doing because you're in Christ to try to bless somebody else. And so if you are in Christ today, I can describe you to a T. You live for Jesus. Life is about Jesus. Life is about what Jesus wants. Your goal each day is to please the Lord. Philippians 1.21 resonates with you. For to me, to live is Christ. Are y'all with me? I didn't have this in my notes, but I heard this recently, and I thought somewhere along the way I'm going to use this, and right now is about as good a time as any. Some people, like, your life is like a pie. Anybody like pie? Okay. Like Leah makes this mean um, uh, peanut butter pie. And, and I like it. And, and, and we like pie. And sometimes when people get saved erroneously, falsely, they, they add Jesus to the pie filling. I'm just going to add him to what's already here in my life, put a little Jesus in my life. Just, that, just kind of he's, 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 he's a real good positive thing I'm adding in my life, and, and, and that's their concept of being in Christ. I'm, you got it all wrong. Your pie filling is not where Jesus goes. The, Jesus is the crust. Jesus is the graham cracker crust in Leah's peanut butter pie. You don't add anything to the graham cracker crust. It's just, you go to the store and it's already there and it's already pre-made. Now, you can put anything you want in it, see, but you don't do that with Jesus. You don't say, I'll just add some Jesus into my life. No, your life is radically transformed and changed, and he becomes the foundation of who you are and what you do. Mic drop. 
Can I take this in thing and run with it a little further? So prior to being saved, I was not in Christ. I was in sin. So let me just take biblical terms here and pull that together and run with this, (laughs) like we Pentecostal preachers can do. I was dead in trespasses and sins. I was in league with the devil. I was in bondage to my sin. I was in ignorance of my sin. I was in spiritual darkness. Y'all remember when you weren't saved? I was living in opposition to God. I was living in violation of God's law and God's holy nature. I was living in defiance to his righteous commands. I was living in unbelief concerning the truth of God's word. See, that's where I was. I was, But I got saved. But I was placed in Christ. What happened? The moment I repented of my sins and I accepted Jesus as my Savior, all of that changed. He brought me out of sin to place me into His righteousness, into salvation, into love, into joy, into peace, into life like I've never known it before. See, that's what brought me out to put me in. Yeah, you Pentecostal, go ahead and praise him. I hadn't been here in a while. Y'all go ahead and praise him. First Peter 2.9 really put, bears this out. But you are a chosen generation. These are people that are in Christ. You are a royal priesthood. There's been a change in your life. You are a holy nation. You are his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Have you ever noticed why, and I see I love passion y'all because y'all love to praise and worship him. I mean, you got a name like High Praises, you better have a church that praises people. Praises the Lord, rather. People that praise the Lord. But have you ever noticed that there are some people who praise the Lord a little more fervently, a little more passionately, a little more exuberance than others? Okay, now I'm not here to make anybody feel bad. There could be a host of reasons why you didn't grow up in it, you're new to this, could be your personality, maybe you've got a little self-inhibition, you're trying to work on that to get over that. There could be valid reasons, but I'm going to give you one reason that I feel really, really, really confident about. Why there are some people that praise the Lord with a lot more passion and excitement, they're, they're more, a little more extravagant than others, and here's why, because they are grateful and appreciative and aware of what God brought them out of and what he's brought them into. Oh, I got some of you here this morning, don't I? Yeah, I know, some of you are here this morning. Yeah, you just don't come here and go through a service. You start doing like I did. Hear them sing. His goodness is running after me. And you think about, I remember where I was. I was a drug addict. I was a crack addict. I was an alcoholic. I was a spouse abuser. I was a proud man. I was an arrogant man. I got in a fight with everybody. I was a racist. But God changed me and he saved me and he brought me out of that. And I'm not in that. My God, I'm about to shout with a, (laughs) I wish I could. Somebody better shout for me because this is about all I can do this. My God. I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm sorry, but I feel the Holy I'm thankful for what he's done for me. When he reached down his hand for me, he had to reach way down for some of you. You were lost and undone without God or his son, but he went ahead and reached for you anyway, didn't he? Somebody praise him in this house. Somebody praise him in this house. 
Come on, just take a little time and praise him right now. You could be in the jailhouse. You could be in a crack house. You could be laying out in a cemetery somewhere. Brought you out to bring you in. Sit down, let's preach some more. Go ahead, Brother James. Yeah. You're alive because of Jesus. You're going to keep telling it every chance you get, aren't you? Come on, give God praise. That God, that man should be dead. COVID almost killed him, but he's a walking miracle. And I know some of y'all say, why does he do that in church? Well, he doesn't just do it in church. He does it everywhere. I keep telling him he's the unofficial mayor of Honeypath. He'll tell anybody and start speaking in tongues and lay hands on you and pray for you. And then he'll fix your car. I love it. Paul elaborates more on what it means to be in Christ. So I've been preaching it. Can I take you back into the text? Can we go into the text? Let's go there because there's some good stuff there. What does it mean to be in Christ? He said you are a new creation. i got to stay here a while. You are a recipient of God's creative working power. Implied in this thought is the doctrine of regeneration. Y'all ever heard born again? A new birth? It's true. There's a change that happens inside of you. Uh, Titus 3, 4, and 5. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared... Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. You can't save yourself. You can't make yourself right with God. But according to his mercy, he saved us. How? Through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. Y'all remember when you got saved, for those of you who saved, how he changed you? He changes you. See, salvation, and I, I, I got to preach this. Salvation is not reformation. Salvation is not changing a few things in your life and making some improvements. Well, I'm going to start doing better. That's not being saved. Salvation is transformation. Where whoever you used to be dies and you become a brand new person. There's a birthing process that takes place. Okay, I watched both of my boys being born. It is a miraculous thing to watch what happens. Nine months of a gestation period, and then out comes this human being. It is amazing. And it doesn't take nine months for Jesus to save you. It just takes one moment of faith in the blood of Jesus and what he's done, and boom, God does a work in you that whatever you were, you ain't no more. You're somebody new. You a brand spanking baby girl or boy. In Christ. I'm speaking metaphorically, I hope you understand. You're different from the person you once were in every way. Sure, there is a process. It's called sanctification. Some of you, some of you are in it, in it deep. Some of you, God has to reprogram your mind. Some of y'all, it takes a little bit longer than others. Some of you got some stuff ingrained, but it's dead. It's dead, and you're a new person, and that's the thing. you got to realize you don't have to give in to who you used to be. You don't have to give in to what you used to do. You now have the power to say no. 
I don't have to do that anymore. I've been free. Practically, what happens? You stop using profanity, where before you used it all the time. Practically, you stop being a racist. Practically, you stop being selfish. What happens pragmatically? Well, how, how does this process work out when you're in Christ? You start being nice to people. You realize you can love everybody. You find out you can get along with people. Because half the time you rubbed half of the people wrong. Do you remember that old you? You slap somebody just as soon as you look at them. You, you remember that you? You help others. Somebody said, I'm not what I ought to be. Thank God I'm not what I used to be. And right now I'm becoming who he wants me to be. Just bear with me. It'll take some time. I'm a new creation. And old things pass away and all things become new. Let me talk about this death and resurrection for a little bit. You die and there's a resurrection. That's why, we, that's why when you get saved, we want to water baptize you. There's a, there are a lot of things in water baptism, but one of them is it's, it's a public testimony that we take the old sinful you and we bury that person in the water. You, and then we bring you out as in, in newness like a resurrection. Here's the thing. You go in dry, you come out wet. You went in sin, you come out saved. There's a change. Baptized people don't come out dry. There's symbolism there, that there's a change in my The old me has died. Everybody watch. Why, why is baptism so important? Look at me. From this point on, you're going to see somebody different. Now, you know people are watching your life, right? You don't think they are. They are. They listen to you. They watch where you go. Could, it could be your kids. It could be your spouse, your parents, your friends, your workers, church members. They watch where you go. They watch what you do. They see your mistakes. They see the trouble you get into. They see the flaws in your character. Now, here's what happens. This is life. Through the course of life, through the accumulation of the events in your life, people make judgment calls about you. And that's called your reputation. So if you're sinful and you're saying and doing sinful things all the time and being a jerk, then you have a reputation of being a sinful jerk. If you're a heathen, then you've you got a reputation of being a heathen. If you're an arrogant person, then you've you got a reputation of being arrogant. If you're a mean person, that's you, see, you, you know where I'm going with this. That's your reputation. That's how you're known. When you are placed in Christ, you get a fresh start. Doesn't matter whatever people think of you right now. Up to the moment you get saved. Yep, you got a reputation. But you get a fresh start to change that reputation, get a new reputation. Doesn't matter how bad you've been. It doesn't matter how awful your reputation is. In Christ, y'all got to get this, your record is expunged by God. And the old things of your life pass away. Now, I, I, I know you're wanting to shout right now. Now, I know, I know that right now, especially if you say you got saved today, here's the problem. Your reputation is, is preceding you. 
Your reputation has already convinced people. Now you've got to go set a new reputation. Now you've got to walk and live like somebody in Christ. Here's what I'm telling you. You just keep it up. You just keep letting Jesus be Jesus in you. Keep doing the right things. Keep saying the right things. Keep walking in this newness of life. And there'll come a tipping point where people will say, well, now I know what I always thought she was. I always knew how he was. But something's changed in their life. I think they're the real deal. I think Jesus Jesus has saved them. I think something's happened in their life, and then people will see and know that God has done something marvelous inside of you. That's how it works. <laughs> you know, I wrote this in my notes. Some of you, you, we, you need to get in the car with me, and we need to go over here to Oaklawn Cemetery. And we'll just find us an empty spot out there somewhere, and we need to have a funeral service. I'll bring my I'll put on a suit and tie. If I put on a suit and tie, somebody's getting married or somebody's getting buried. And I'll put on a suit and tie, and we'll go over here to Oaklawn, and we'll have a funeral, and we'll bury the old you, because some of you need to let go of who you used to be. I'm preaching to you now, and what you used to do, and how you, you can't let go of it. People keep reminding you, let's go bury you, and let's start walking and living in the power, the resurrection power of Christ. Start being who God's called you to be. Quit worrying about everybody else thinks. Woo. Colossians 3, 2 and 3. Set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth. For you died. Get this. And your life is hidden with Christ. In God. Okay. I can walk. Here's Jesus. And this is the old you. Can't see me, can you? Y'all can. See, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, look, you want to talk theology, I'll go theology with you all day, but what good does that do you if you don't understand it? I just want to preach where you can get something. What I'm trying to tell you is it doesn't matter who you are, what you've done. When you get saved and you get in Christ, he tucks you behind the Lord and hides you behind. It's like the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain. He puts you behind the curtain except the curtain is Jesus. So if anybody wants to look at you and judge you and talk about who you are, you have to say, no, you can't look at me like you used to be like this because I'm not there anymore. I'm back here hidden behind Christ. If you want to look at me, you got to look through him to get to me. You want to see who I am? you got to look through Jesus to see who I am now. His reputation is my reputation. His righteousness is my righteousness. Who he is is who I am. My God, somebody ought to praise him for that. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> when I think about what the Lord has done, when I think about where he's brought me from, when I think about what he's done for me, when I think about how he set me free, makes me want to shout, I got to praise him. You just, you can't, you just can't sit there. You got to praise him when you think about is all that, Pastor, is all that what happened to me? Absolutely. Let's keep going. I'll get done. I got five my notes. Verse 16, therefore from now on we regard no one according to the flesh. I love this, and I'm, I'm, I'm closing with this point. We regard no one according to the flesh. We look at people from the outside. We judge people from what we see on the outside, our external, the flesh. But Paul says once people get saved, we can't look at the flesh anymore because something's happened in here. 
And if we just give it time, Jesus on the, like the old song we sing, Jesus on the inside working on the outside, oh, what a change in my life. Just give it time. See, before Paul was saved, he did this with Jesus. He, you know, because Jesus, God comes, the Son of God comes, incarnation as the God-man. 100% God, but 100% man. He's robed with flesh. So all Paul sees is flesh. Paul doesn't see the divine nature. He just, so he's just a man. He's a troublemaker. He's a blasphemer. But once Paul gets saved, Paul says that he sees who Jesus really is. He, watch this, y'all. I'm teaching y'all something. He looks past the flesh to see the divine. Y'all hanging on this, aren't you? And I'm just trying to tell you today that when you get saved, okay, you might have tattoos all over you. You might like look. You might look like something I wouldn't want to meet in a back alley somewhere. But none of that matters anymore. I laugh because, you know, I can get along with anybody. But I grew up with truck drivers and farmers. Honestly, you get people with tattoos that look. Hell's angels don't bother me. I don't know. I'm either I'm stupid or I'm full of Jesus. Honestly, motorcycle people, they don't bother me. I feel like I go over and get right in the middle of them. Hey, y'all, what y'all doing? Probably taking my life in my hands. Because what I've learned is you can't judge by the flesh because if you just look at the flesh, you'll make a wrong call if Jesus is on the inside. Paul says we don't do that anymore. We, we look past the flesh. That's it. Keith, and we look into the soul and say, who's there? Who's there? Is sin there or is, ooh, Jesus is there. And you can't judge people by what you see on the outside anymore. Man, I feel the power of the Holy Ghost in this house. (laughs) You have to disregard the kind of sinner they, they were. Because if you see Jesus, everything has become new. So here's how I want to close today. Where's the musicians? Come out, come out wherever you are. Come on, y'all get out of here. If you are saved today, but you are struggling with your place in Christ, I want you to be set free by this truth today. Listen to me, because I love you. All right, so what if you didn't grow up in church? So what if you have parents, you didn't have parents who taught you spiritual things? Okay, so what? So what if you've been in jail? So what if you've lived in a crack house? So what if you were an alcoholic? So what if you committed adultery? So what if you lied? You're one of those people that you just lie every time for convenience sake. Man, I'm just not, I mean, this list is so short, so limited. Pick whatever it was. So what? That's your old life. And it's gone. Paul says in one place, but you were washed. Those sins have been washed away. You were sanctified. You've been set apart from that life. You're not in that anymore. You've been set apart and placed in Christ. You were justified. You've been declared not guilty. The righteousness of Jesus has been reckoned to your account in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Your old life is under the blood. You are in Christ. So if somebody asks you, just tell them the truth. I'm not into drugs anymore. I'm in Christ. 
I'm not into alcoholism anymore. I'm in Christ. I'm not into sexual immorality anymore. I'm in Christ. I don't do sleeping around anymore. I'm in Christ. I'm not in homosexuality anymore. I'm in Christ. I'm not into transgenderism anymore. I'm in Christ. I'm not into pornography anymore. I'm in Christ. I'm not into gambling anymore. I'm in Christ. I'm not into playing church and going through the motions anymore. I did that for years, but I decided and made up my mind I'm going to be the real thing. I'm in Christ. Come on, somebody. You just tell them I'm in Christ. Just watch me. Just watch me. Give me a little time and see what he's done for my life. Come on, if he's done something for you, stand up in this house and lift your hands and give him praise and glory all over this place. If he's done something for you, give him praise and glory in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Spirit in this place. Every head bowed, every eye closed, but just keep praising him. Anybody in this house honest enough? honest enough say Pastor Chris I feel you I know I feel your passion I feel your love you're talking straight to me today Pastor I appreciate that I need it I don't know Jesus as my Savior but I want him I want to be saved he's tugging at my heart right now anybody in this house let's just have a you and me moment okay if that's you throw your hand up high Throw your hand up high and just wave it at me. Somebody say, Pastor, I need Jesus. Come on, I need Jesus. Just throw your hand up and wave it at me. I see hands going up. I need Jesus this morning. I want to be in Christ. I want to be set free. I want everything you just talked about, Pastor. It's hands up all over the place. Come on, will you just pray this prayer with me? Everybody pray this prayer. Let's help some folks know the Lord. Just pray this prayer. I'm going to give you the words, but you talk to Jesus. Do like this. Talk to him. Say, Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner. You know it, God. I'm ashamed, I'm sorry, I don't want to be this way, I'm miserable, I don't want to be in sin, I want to be in Jesus, I believe you died for me, I believe you rose again, I believe you have the power to change my life, so please forgive me, wash me, cleanse me, make me a new person, I need you Lord come into my heart I accept you as my savior I accept you as my lord you're going to be the leader of my life you tell me what to do come on say it I repent of my sins I turn my back on sins I turn my back on the world from this day I'm going to live for Jesus come on say this thank you Jesus thank you for saving me thank you for placing me in Christ thank you for plucking me out of sin Come on, I like to do this. Say, I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. And I know that I am. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, high praises. Give God praise. I'm going to believe some people got out of sin, came into Christ this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to take the next little while and I want us to pray for you, for whatever you've got going on in your life. I know that when you were singing that second song, I felt an anointing. Of course, I liked all of them. But there's just something about this. I won't be shaken. I won't be moved. I 
think that goes with what I preached this morning. But there's also a part of that's an appeal that says if you're facing a mountain or you're going through something, I don't want I don't want to just dismiss you and send you out and you came in with a burden and you leave with a burden. We'll pray with you. I believe in the liberating power of God. So right now, I want to ask every prayer team member to get down here. I need all y'all. Come on, every elder, deacon, life group leader, department leader, former deacons and wives, I need your help. Come on, I need as many prayer team members I can get down here. You know our small group leaders, life group leaders, come on, please. Spread out across this front. And we're going to lay hands on people and pray for people. We're going to pray for you. They're going to sing this song. And if you say, Pastor Chris, I am going through a valley. I'm going through a struggle. People are coming already. You get down here and get to one of these folks and let them lay hands. If you're sick in your body, let them lay hands. But we're going to take the next 5, 10, 15 minutes, however long, and we're going to believe that the power of God, I feel the anointing, that the anointing of God is going to flow through the hands of these prayer team members. And God is going to do something powerful in your life. Come on, Father, in the name of Jesus, help people to step out this morning. Like I preached last week, like that man with a withered hand, help them to stretch forth their hand, getting out of their seat and coming down the aisles, how they're going to do their part. They're going to stretch their hand. And when they get down here, God, you're going to meet them. Come on, that's it. Y'all keep coming. If you have to line up behind people, but just come this morning, let people pray with you. And let's believe that the power of God is going to work. Powerful things are going to happen this morning. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Sunday mornings in person or online at 10 a.m. For more information or to watch our services online, please visit us at www.highpraises.org or check us out on social media.